What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to First Strike here on Visa. I'm your host, Dave Ross. For the next hour, we're going to break down a very intriguing card overseas. We go to jolly old England. Tom Aspinall back inside the octagon. Feels like it's been forever recovering from injury against Marcin Tybura. Should be a very intriguing heavyweight matchup. Of course, let's put a bow on what we saw last week and maybe the last of Holly Holm in a main event. Certainly, she got smoked. Second round submission at the hands of Myra Buena Silva. Silva now maybe in line for that interim belt at 135. We don't have a champion now that we've had the exodus, of course, of the Lioness at both 135 and 45. We'll find out if Holly Holmes still wants to fight at 41 years young or if she wants to move back up to 145 pounds. Going to catch up with Dan Vreeland, Jordan Sherwood, and Reed Kuhn throughout this next hour. But right now, let's go out to Arizona to catch up with our guy, Lou Finicaro. You can follow him on Twitter as I do, at Gamblu, and the host of the Bout Business Podcast. Very quickly, Lou, congrats to you, my friend. You put it out right here, certainly on the Bout Business Podcast and on VEASAN. You saw Buena Silva, and you saw by submission. She got it done in that second round. I just wonder now, as she moves up if she, uh, up the ladder here, what the competition looks like without Lioness waiting at 135 or 45. Well, first, Dave, thanks for having me on, dog. It's the dog days of summer. People looking for places to bet, and they come to the UFC, and they're, they've uh, come to the right place if they've landed here. Holly Holm uh, at 41. You got questions, what, what does she do? She just did sign a five-fight contract with the UFC, so they're going to use her somewhere. My guess is she goes to 45 mm-hmm. and maybe does her best work there, avoids that cut. And to answer your question, Shitara is rough and rugged. She has no easy time getting to 35, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in a division that's now completely wide open. And Rocky Rocky Pennington's there, Juliana Pena's there, and so now there's intrigue. A great call by you on last week's card. Let's get to the main event on this one and see what you see overseas as we go across the big pond here. You know, Aspinall, we saw the, the, the damaging injury, obviously, against Curtis Blades. Looked like he was steamrolling his way, possibly, to a title shot in the heavyweight division. Now he comes back a year later against Marcin Tybura. This is, yeah, he's 37. Aspinall now is 30. Almost a $5 favorite here for Tom. Do you worry coming off the injury here? Or if he's healthy, which I know is a big if, you think he should be able to, at this rate here in this price tag to steamroll his competition? 
Well, those are all very valid questions, and, and anyone answering with 100% certainty has got 20% of BS in them <laughs> because we don't really know. Listen, Aspinall was healthy going into Blades, blew an ACL. Now, one calendar year later, he's an NFL running back like the kid in Denver. Yeah, maybe he's on the field, but he isn't right. He isn't what he was last year. And I don't know that Aspinall, as a fighter, even though he's 30 at the prime of his athletic endeavors and has technology of today, a year is still pretty quick. And he's in there against a big, huge polar bear of a brute uh, that moves slow, is older, uh, and really wants to mug him against the fence, take him to the floor and get on top. Will he be able to? Uh, Aspinall, at his best, is fast, fluid, deft, a, a black belt in BJJ, just like Tybura. And I think he's the more uh, violent, uh, athletic guy in there. So it'll be interesting to see what I chose to do. And again, these these menus that now between FanDuel and especially DraftKings, which we use and our sponsor, their menu is so outstanding. What I did was a week ago, we took a, a, a fighter that was a minus 120, and we tied that fighter to Aspinall to create a plus 128 price. So I'm sitting on Aspinall now at plus 125 as a second part of a parlay that's allowed on DraftKings. It's it's really sensational what you can do there. And it's a great way to take two different parlays and two different cards and squeeze value out of uh, favorites on a future card. So to, to try and address people that don't have that parlay, I think the price on Aspinall now is too high, even though it's come down 30 or 40 cents. I think until fight time, I think people see this kind of a dog and Tybura's pedigree, and they'll think that uh, this is closer than the line indicates. I think that. But at the end of the day, if Aspinall's on his game, sharp and ready, and this fight is in London, I have to regard him as a simple minus 300 or minus 350 anyway. And that's why I love uh, doing the show every week with our experts, because you're finding the best value, as you've already done last week, kind of doing that work, looking ahead to this week to get the better price on Tom Aspinall. I, I do want to look at that total, because I see it, and you mentioned it with Tybura, who's kind of had a renaissance now here at 37, maybe a second half to his career, and we know how dangerous and tough and out he can be. We know Aspinall traditionally likes to start very fast. Now it's plus money for a potential five-round main event here at just a round and a half. Is there a danger in playing that under that maybe Aspinall isn't as willing, trusting that leg, if you will, and Tybura would be fine just kind of plodding along to see what the younger man has and see if he can take him into deeper waters? Yeah, that's a super question, and I, I think that when you look at Aspinall on the typology or his record, you just see the he hasn't seen a three-round, a, a third round in, in a month of Sundays. He, he It's one or two, and he he's fast night over. See you later. Even with the Blades injury, it was in the first round. So clearly the Tabura camp wants to use his durability, and that's one thing Tybura is. He's not lightning quick, but he's durable as all get out. And they they absolutely want to take this to three. And really, we as fight fans learn a lot if it goes that far. I, it, I'm writing the article for uh, the VEASAN Digital right now, 
And when I got to the one and a half total, uh, my my definite thoughts were I, I lean over, surely. Yeah, plus $1.40 right now. So we'll see where those prices move here as we discuss on a Tuesday before we get to Saturday overseas. Speaking of overseas, we know what this venue is like, and they're going to have fan favorites. And certainly the meatball Molly McCann is one of those fan favorites against Julia Stoliarenko here. She's a over a $2 betting favorite here. Minus 225 is what we're seeing right now. Potential three-round matchup here. She is three years older than Julia here. Is this a live dog scenario, or do you think the, the, that crowd, which seems to fuel uh, McCann and others overseas, will be able to propel her again? Another great question, Dave. You're dishing them well. <laughs> uh, what I'll say is, is that uh, the last London card, and it wasn't a few years ago, it was March. Nine and three, the Europeans went. And this thing's somewhat designed for European English, French, Spanish success. And all those fighters are populating this card. We have to know which ones those are. And if there's close decisions, we may have to find ourselves in the side of the nine as opposed to the three. Now, myself, I'm looking for the one or two that I can get value on and beat one of the English people. I don't think this is one of the fights for me, Dave. Stoliarenko steps way up. And even though Molly shouldn't be minus two something against anyone in the division, she is going to be at home. She's a tough gal. The UFC seems to like her, and they've set her up. As long as she can keep her arm tucked in tight, uh, she's got a great chance to win this. You mentioned it. It does feel like, you know, we got the the Americans, some Americans going over there to try to get it done, like uh, Andre Touchy-Feely back in there against Nathaniel Wood. Uh, he is a dog here, about plus sixty-five. I'm seeing here. Uh, what do you make of this? Because, again, now we, the Americans, are going to hostile territory. I like what Wood looked like since he's uh, moved up to 45, and Peely hasn't given me enough data because he's so uh, inconsistent and he doesn't fight so often. Mm -hmm. So I, I can't give you a, a really good feed on this other than this is a fight that I think is designed really well for Wood and the uh, rise of the line on his side seems to indicate so. Oh, yeah, $2 betting favorite now. That's gone up as the week's gone up, so I wonder if that'll even keep rising before we get to Saturday. Paul Craig, fan favorite. We know what he wants to do. He wants to get the fight down to the ground against anybody, against Andre Muniz here. Uh, he is a big dog, though, Paul Craig, in this one. What do you make of this matchup? Yeah, here's one that I'm fascinated by. <laughs> two, again, two really excellent Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys. And last time, in the last fight for Muniz, he was in against uh, Jared Allen, and, and it, he got beat via submission. Well, he tired out. So on the feet, he looked really good until then. Uh, Paul Craig has very little aptitude on the feet. He has to find a way to engage. And if Muniz can simply transport the striking game from last fight to this fight, I think he's going to have a great advantage. Now, he's not ideally an underdog, so he's not a perfect target, but he's surely a suspect this early in the week. Uh, Ferez Zayam is going to be back in there against Jai Herbert. We know Jai Herbert will be the rooting favorite uh, overseas in this one, but he is a dog. Here, I'm seeing about plus $1.35 today. Right now, uh, over two and a half is heavily juiced, so potentially could hit the cards. Is that maybe a spot that you could favor Herbert as a dog on a fight that looks like it might go all three? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, as I am uh, from France, uh, 
I just can't say anything positive about him, so I'm not going to say anything negative. Meanwhile, <laughs> Herbert is suspect. He's way older. He's 35. But in the last fight card in London, he had Tapuria, and he spanked. He tested Tapuria for a while. If Jai Herbert comes to fight, and he does, I think he might be a live dog this Saturday. Absolutely. And again, I think what we're trying to do is find those fan favorites for car- fights that might hit the cards. You get that dog price. Uh, you never know how those judges are going to hear it, let alone see it. All right, Lou, we've got about uh, 30 seconds to go here. Tell the people about the Bout Business Podcast, what they get when they listen every week. The Bout Business Podcast is simply my releases each week. And my releases are the business of UFC that I conduct. I open it up to everyone each week. We tabulate results. We're running hot. And we appreciate the exposure on First Strike Day. Thanks so much for having me on. And good luck to everybody. Keep running hot, my friend. Doing a great job. Give him a follow on Twitter if you're on there, at Lou. When we come back, let's go to Beantown and catch up with Dan Vreeland next here on First Strike. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you plenty of ways to bet the UFC. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You're going to be able to bet on more than just the main event. DraftKings has great odds on fight lines, total rounds, and futures for all MMA events. Eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for all of the terms and conditions. Let's ship up to Boston right now to catch up with our guy, Dan Vreeland. You can follow him on Twitter at Gumby Vreeland, as I do. Of course, he's the host of the SGP MMA podcast and Top Turtle MMA pods and about seven others, I do believe. He's the hardest working man in MMA. Dan, uh, let's let's get to the question we love to ask you each and every week. When you look at a card like this, which again, you know, if if last week's card maybe wasn't as deep as this one is, and this one certainly feels to be much deeper overseas in England, which one can't you wait to wager on and which one can't you just wait to watch as a fan? I think the one I got to watch as a fan is Daniel Marcos versus Davy Grant. They're two guys I've interviewed before. I love both of them, but they both just come out swinging no matter what. Uh, they're very exciting strikers. They're going to put it all on the line. And they both got really great chins, too, which I think is going to make it look even more fun. So Daniel Marcos versus Davy Grant, no second place, even close. The one I like <laughs> the most to bet on, Josh Kulabau, uh against Lerone Murphy. I-, I think Kulabau is being, like, widely disrespected at the price you see him at. Uh, the big reason being that I, I just think Kulabau 
I mean, like, first of all, he, he handled Melsic Bakhtasarian really well last time. I think he's got a nice mixture of grappling and striking to his name. And, and I really think Lerone Murphy lost his last fight, the one to Gabriel Santos, and it was on short notice against the guy coming up a weight class. You know, like, I, I think maybe he's being overrated with the undefeated record because I don't really know that it should be. I think that's exactly why you see that price associated with it for Murphy at minus dollar forty. That sometimes people see that O and they think I, I got to go with the undefeated person. I think you're finding really good value there uh, on the underdog at plus a dollar twenty right now as we stand. And you mentioned Davy Boy Grant. That fight right now pretty evenly aligned in the marketplace. Uh, we're seeing Davy right now about plus a dollar twenty. Marcos minus a dollar forty. So I know you're going to be having your eye and your wallet on those fights. I do want to get to a fight that I'm intrigued, and I can't wait to pick your brain about. That's Ketlin Vieira against Penny Kianzad. And Kianzad right now is plus $1.35, Vieira minus $1.55. And these are two fighters that I know the UFC had very, and still might have, very high hopes for. It feels like a crossroads fight. How do you see it playing out? Vieira now ballooned a little bit today to $1.65 in the marketplace. So I do like Panic Kianzad at this price because I think this fight is is kind of a toss-up. I think it's a coin flip. And so when you see, you know, especially with the number getting as high as almost two to one there on, on Ketlin Vieta, I think you got to go kind of dogger pass on mm -hmm. this one because really what I think this comes down to is, first of all, can Panic Kianzad stick and move? Because if she can stick and move, I think this is her fight to win. I think she can stick and move against Ketlin Vieta, stay out of range, throw some kicks, get the work done. Stay away from the big hand. It's stay away from the clinches. If she can stay out of the clinch with Ketlin Vieta, she should win this fight. Ketlin Vieta's got to make this dirty. She's got to get close. She's got to slug it out. She's got to be in clinches, even if she's not getting takedowns. And for me, sort of the reason why I'm leaning away from staying away from this fighter or going dog or pass, so to speak, is I, I don't know what Panny Kianzad's knee looks like, right? She, she's coming off of 15 months away. Mm -hmm. She's coming off of having knee surgery. And, and I mean, same thing going on in the main event here. And actually, there's a couple other fights I have circled with injury layoffs where, I, you know, I'm just a little bit hesitant. But the fact that she keeps ballooning up as a dog, maybe you just wait until later in the week and you dabble a little there. Love that dog or pass on Kianzad there right now. Plus $1.40 could get higher and maybe become playable before we get to action on Saturday. Uh, let's go to Muradov against uh, Barbarena here. And Brian, a solid underdog here to, to Mahmoud. Mahmoud right now over a $3 betting favorite. You know, you get Bam Bam there at plus 245. Does he have the puncher's chance? Or do you think he gets outclassed in this? I unfortunately think he gets outclassed in this. I love Brian Barberena. He's another one of those fighters who I've got a big soft spot for. <laughs> but look, he was getting out grappled at 170, right? Jason Witt, a guy who I don't particularly think of is a super strong welterweight. I mean, physically strong, but not a super well-rounded welterweight, I guess is the better way to say it. And he was just taking Barbarena down at will. Now, Brian Barbarena decides to go up 10 pounds. And the first guy they give him is a, a guy who can wrestle pretty well, right? Mahmoud Muradov, maybe it's not his favorite thing to do, but when he needs a takedown, he goes and gets a takedown. So, uh, like you said, maybe the puncher's chance is there, but up a weight class, too. I, I think you got to go with Muradov here. Yeah, it looks like uh, we'd all like sometimes you get emotionally attached to some of these fighters. I love how you said the, the ones you talk to. That happens to me all the time. Sometimes you got to just take the affection out of the fighter and realize he's that dog for a big reason in this fight. What about Dave, uh, Danny Roberts here against Johnny Parsons? Pretty even aligned fight that we're looking at here. And even the total suggested as well. Juice slightly to the under two and a half at minus fifty, But right now, pretty much $1.10 either way. What do you make of this matchup in the welterweight division? First of all, I would tell you I like the over. Uh, I think Danny Roberts and uh, Johnny Parsons here are really durable guys. 
we saw from Johnny Parsons, he took some an absolute beating early in his contender series fight against Solomon Renfro, and he just kept going. So first of all, I really like the over in this one. And then secondly, I'm leaning to Danny Roberts. I'm a little bit worried about the long layoff. Once again, Johnny Parsons, another guy on a long layoff. He had some issues with a regular test on his brain and, and eventually mm-hmm. worked through him, had his surgery, got back. Really great story to hear that he's getting back to finally making his UFC debut. Right. But all that time away really worries me. And the fact that Danny Roberts is much longer than he is. And like I said, we watched Solomon Renfro hit him hard and hit him early and then just kind of tire out. I don't think Danny Roberts tires out. So I like Danny Roberts here. And I also really like the over. Two and a half right now. You can get plus money over at plus $1.20 right now on that over. Uh, let's look at Mark Diakise against uh, Joel Alvarez. Alvarez right now, a big favorite. I always look forward to see what Mark's hair is going to look like in the octagon. But a sizable dog here. I'm seeing about plus $1.60 uh, right now as we talk on a Tuesday. Yeah, I like Alvarez here. First of all, he's huge <laughs> at his weight class. He is massive, right? He's such a big guy. And... I don't think Dia Casey's used to dealing with somebody who's quite as long as he is because, you know, let's face it, Dia Casey's a lot longer than a lot of his opponents. And then the other thing, too, is Dia Casey has really committed himself to his wrestling lately, which is is really nice. It's really great that he's he's found what's working for him best. But there's not many guys who are better at jumping on a neck than Joel Alvarez. So I, I'm a little bit worried that Dia Casey's just going to leave it out there and get submitted. I think maybe there's the possibility if you really like Dia Casey, you kind of hope that he just scores those takedowns and Alvarez gets comfortable off his back. But really, I, I think Alvarez is going to crack him from distance, and and I would not be surprised to see him jump on that mat. All right, let's get to the main card here. Paul Craig back in there again. Maybe frustrated if you backed him uh, recently when he just goes down to the ground. He doesn't seem to make any attempts to get up against Andre Muniz here. And Andre right now over a $2 betting favorite. Is that because of the sting of Paul Craig and how he did not look very competitive last time out. I think it's two things. I think it's that sting. And it's also the fact that he's coming down in weight. Yeah. Right. Paul Craig at 185 worries me a lot because look, the, the thing was at, at that higher weight class, you know, he, he thought all he had was fall to his back and score a takedown, right. Mm-hmm. Or, or score some ground time, not, not even a takedown. He's never on top. So <laughs> score some time off his back. I think maybe he thinks he can come down in weight be a little bit of the weight bully and score some takedowns for himself, be on top, get some jujitsu going that way. And immediately they give him the guy who's not going to give him that, right? There's no way he winds up on top of Andre Muniz here. Andre Muniz, despite not looking great against Brendan Allen, we saw, you know, that, that loss aged really well. Andre Muniz is a guy who's a little bit of a bruiser, who's much stronger. He's got better takedowns than Paul Craig. And, and he's such a jujitsu specialist that like, I don't know what the path here is for Paul Craig. He's not going to knock him out. I don't have faith in Paul Craig scoring a submission off of his back. I think he's going to spend the bulk of the 15 minutes on his back here, probably not even looking to get up. And Muniz is going to score a decision that's you know, probably pretty easy for him to win. Yeah, it's not quite Cron Gracie like what we saw last time for Paul Craig, but that does feel like the Whoa. attack. We'll see what happens at 185 pounds. All right, very quickly here, let's get to the co-main and the main. Uh, we know who the crowd's going to be favoring and rooting for. Certainly the meatball Molly McCann against Juliana Stolyarenko. What do you make of Molly now ballooning over, now up to 225 as a big favorite? I, I think it makes sense. Uh, Stolyarenko had weight issues mm-hmm. at 135 pounds, and now she's going to fight at 125. That seems like <laughs> a, a terrible move. Um, and in addition to that, too, you know, she's kind of somebody who needed to score takedowns in order to win. That's kind of always been the way that Stolia Renko has fought. 
why she's one in four in the UFC so far. And could she take down Molly McCann? Maybe, but I think she's going to tire herself out doing so. Uh, you know, and the fact that she's at 125 is even more problematic. Plus, like, I, I think maybe we overrated her ability to take people down. She had a really tough time taking down Chelsea Chandler. Mm -hmm. And in retrospect, that's something that didn't age very well. So uh, I, I think Molly McCann is going to win here. And I also think if you're not ready to pay the negative 225 for Molly McCann, I think the fact that we know Stoliarenko is going to tire out, I think Molly McCann by a late finish makes a lot of sense here. Now, the crowd would love that. Are they going to love very quickly 30 seconds Tom Aspinall in his return off injury? Do you think he should be this big a favorite against Marcin Tybura? I worry about the injury. Obviously, that's a, that's a big piece of it. But stylistically, if he comes in looking like the old Tom Aspinall, he's a guy who's got better wrestling than Marcin Tybura. He's obviously got more power and, and better boxing on the feet. So, like, I don't know how Marcin Tybura wins this fight unless... You know, Tom Aspinall comes in as rusty as, right. as possible because, look, he just hits harder and he's going to be the guy on top if anybody goes to the ground. Give him a follow at Gumby Vreeland. Does a great job. We appreciate his thoughts each and every week. Enjoy the fights, Dan. When we come back, going to Chicago, Jordan Sherwood next here on First Strike. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The NFL betting guide is already out, and our college football guide is coming in just a couple of weeks. So only VEASAN Pro subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and NFL seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on futures and season win totals. Sign up before the end of July. Receive both guides and full VEASAN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl for an early bird discount of just $175, or sign up for a monthly subscription and get your first 30 days for only $19 to see everything VEASAN has to help up your betting game. This offer does expire July 31st, so don't miss out on this preseason deal. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe and become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. And now we go to the Windy City to catch up with our guy Jordan, Jordan Sherwood. You can follow him on Twitter at Woodon ESPN 1000, the host of the unnamed MMA podcast, which is the best name, the podcast with no name. Jordan Sherwood joins us once again. Jordan, great to have you back, my friend. Let's talk about some of these fights that you've already identified here and a couple maybe that come a little bit earlier on the card that you're seeing some values on uh, before we get ahead uh, closer to fight day here on Saturday. And I do want to start off with one fight in particular where it feels like right now 
Okay, you look at Muradov via decision here. You're going to play that and shorten that price tag. Is that the idea against Brian Barbarena? Yeah, I just think a combination of uh, Brian Barbarena, you know, making the jump to middleweight to the first time that he's competing it, you know, 185, a guy that obviously is a very tough out, you know, always has three round wars. When he gets finished, it comes in the variety of a, of a submission. And, and Muradov hasn't really showcased that. And it, albeit, you know, he hasn't been consistent enough in his UFC career to identify him as one way or the other. But I look at it as just still, he's just from an overall skill set. He's going to have too much for Bam Bam. Uh, it's just, you know, again, the price tag a little bit too much to rely on a net. We have seen Brian Barbarena cash as an underdog before. So I think what, before, you know, the public identifies this as a, a new weight class for Bam Bam and a guy that's likely not going to submit him, which has caused issues for Barbarena before, the Murata via decision is kind of, I think, a, a suggestion I would make. Uh, and, a, and a place where you can find some value in a guy that's a heavy favorite on the card. When you look at the total, two and a half rounds right now, a slight uh, juice here to the over at minus $1.20. Would you consider playing that separate? Do you think the, the better likelihood is that it hits the cards alongside maybe that correlated play? I, I do. I, I just think, again, because Brian Barbarino, what he brings to the table, uh, you know, again, you know, he's, he has a guy that has been finished in his last two fights, but those, those were submissions. Those mm -hmm. are RDA and Gunnar Nelson. Uh, and he just, you know, keeps walking forward. Muradov hasn't really shown me that he's necessarily a, a big highlight, real highlight finisher quite yet. And if he is like, well, then he's got to knock out a guy that really gets knocked out. So I, I think you're right. I think playing them separately, Muradov to win, but also just go three rounds. Uh, is, is the safest play. You know, we I know that you and I both cashed some tickets on Mark Diacase here when he's a dog, and he's a dog again in this fight here. And rather, right now, about plus $1.60. I'm seeing against Joel Alvarez. Alvarez about minus $1.90. What do you make of Mark's chances here to pull this upset once again? Is he going to be able to figure out the size and the length of, of Joel Alvarez? And if he goes to the ground, avoid the guard. You know, obviously, Armin Sarukian did that, uh, and he was successful against Joel Alvarez, but other guys have, have flown right into a, a flying knee, if you mm -hmm. will, uh, and at length is, is an issue. But Diacasi's been around there, you know, the block a few times, he's been there with the best. Will he utilize his wrestling? Because he rarely utilizes that. Um, I think he could stand with Joel Alvarez for sure. And if he goes to the ground, can, can he avoid the submission? He has been submitted before, but I, I don't think a guy likely to, you know, play, get plagued by that guard. So, I think as long as he figures out the reach and distance, this guy fighting in front of his own countrymen is, is going to have a, a, a nice play, especially around the week before, again, that, that this fight should more so be, I think, a pick as opposed to Alvarez being a, a, a slight favorite. Are we expecting Mark to rock the red uh, mohawk again? I, I don't think he needs to, but that, yeah, that's what he does. So, he like, does. yeah, I mean, it's you know, intimidating. I mean, Dan, Dan, but Dan Hardy's the guy that does that. So, like, <laughs> let's just try to work it. It's Dan Hardy's mohawk that we're talking about here, but Diakasi certainly should. And a lot of these guys, these, these guys, you know, having a chance to fight in from the London crowd mm -hmm. in prime time, that's a big deal for them. Yeah, that's why they, they, they rock those red Mohawks in front of, you know, for the England flag and the whole bit. So it seems to get the fans uh, riled up for sure. Paul Craig is certainly a fan favorite. We know he's got a unique style. I think it would be an understatement here. And now going, you know, 185 pounds now for Paul Craig. What do you make of the weight move here? And he's a sizable dog plus a dollar ninety. We're seeing against Andre Muniz. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, first and foremost, we got to wait to see how that weight cut uh, mm -hmm. goes. You know, is he making being able? Unlike Brian Barbarain, who's going up in weight. You know, as we talked about, Paul Craig's going down. So does the weight cut go well? And he's always been a relatively small, light heavyweight anyway. So maybe there isn't two issues of that. 
finally he's getting a guy that I don't think is going to be a threat to him on the feet. A guy that, you know, and Andre Munoz is going to want to take the fight to the ground. Well, that's Paul Craig's wheelhouse. Paul Craig loves going and, and putting guys into his guard. So I think, you know, it, it's, it's coming to a situation where Paul Craig has cash before as an underdog. He's a guy that could pull a miraculous submission out of nowhere. We saw him do that against Magalhaed on Kalayev. A guy that's not going to be threatened by Munoz's stand-up. Uh, so does the weight cut go well? So we obviously got to wait till, till Friday weigh-ins. But, yeah, I think Paul Craig early on, if you want to play him, play him this week as an underdog because they're going to match up quite well on the ground. Actually, I hope they go to the ground because I'd love to see what Munoz does in Paul Craig's guard. I just wonder if Paul Craig does the same tactics here at 185 that he tried at 205 now being the bigger guy, or you saw it right now, one and a half here potentially for this three-round fight over is just a little bit of minus dollar 35. Does Paul Craig try to throw? I can't believe I'm saying it. Does he try to throw any hands now that he would theoretically be bigger at this weight class? Yeah, you know, he might. You know, he he has fought, we have seen him before uh-huh. to fall, fall in love with his hands and stuff like that and want to have a stand-up fight. But I think do what you do best. You know, you, you're coming up with two losses. You got knocked out by Johnny Walker the last time we saw you. Play it smart. Do what you do best. Get somebody in your guard and look for a submission win. Yeah, I'd love to hear what those conversations are like, but you're right. Do what you do best. Maybe not what is your worst thing out there in the skill set would be throwing those hands. Okay, main event. We know the crowd, again, will be rooting for in this one. It will not be, sadly, for Marcin Tybura. It will be for Tom Aspinall. Haven't seen Tom since blowing out the knee against Curtis Blades. It was so ugly to watch uh, about a year ago now. Do you worry about backing a guy that looked like he was on a you know a fast track for the heavyweight championship, at least to get in the, in the title picture, and now a year removed to come back and fight a guy that's having a resurgence here in Tibera at 37? I absolutely do. Like, who knows what 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 uh, he's going to look like, what Aspinall's going to look like after. It's a year removed. I mean, so what, you're saying that three months of recovery, four months of recovery, spending time in the gym for six months, but really pulling off that explosiveness that, that he's known to have uh, and, or, you know, f- oh, first off, okay, fine. Look at the boxing. He's obviously an excellent boxer, got this knockout power. Uh, Marcin Tabora has been in there with some of the bigger mm-hmm. power punchers in the heavyweight division and has not been finished. He's also never been submitted in his mixed martial arts career. Aspinall always relies back on his Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. So, yes, the dude's going to be motivated to fight again in front of his home countrymen. This card was built around him. It's a big-time opportunity. If he rolls right through Marcin Tabora, He's right in the mix to, to maybe even fight John Jones. Like John Jones, like, you know, probably going to get by Steve Miocic. How about one more fight going across the sea to fight a guy in front of his own countrymen? So it's a big opportunity. As that gas tank wore out because of the momentum real quick. So Marcin Tybura is a live dog because he is a tough, out, well-rounded, you're right, resurgence in his mixed martial arts career. I mean, he's won, what, what seven of his last mm-hmm. eight fights? Again, yeah, not against the competition that uh, Tom Aspinall or Curtis Blades would bring, but I think it's too risky, that big of a favorite. You might as well play the dog, thinking, all right, it's going to take one fight for Aspinall to come back to be who he was in the heavyweight division. So what am I missing here? Because I'm with you on all the points you just made about this fight, and then I look at the total for a potential five-round main event, and it's juiced to the under. A round and a half, plus money, plus $1.40 for a round and a half, for a guy in Tybura who doesn't get submitted, we don't know what Aspinall is going to look like. Does this feel like an overplay, at least on a Tuesday? No, because well, it, it's juice. It's it's played like that because outside of the Curtis Blades finish, you know, finish a Volkov, finish a Spivak, finish a Volovsky. I mean, the dude was rolling through people like a hot knife through butter. So uh, if people were expecting him to return to form, and if he returns to form, like yes, then he puts 
Pybura out of there very quickly. I just don't buy it. I need to see it before <laughs> I'm going to back. Minus an hour 50, by the way. Aspinall, if you like him by KOTKRDQ. If Tybura puts up some resistance, I kind of look at that to overprice that plus an hour 40 right now on a Tuesday. Very quickly, got about 45 seconds. Uh, Molly McCain, the meatball back in there against Juliana Stolyarenko. I don't know if she still has the BMF belt on her shoulder. What's going on there? She's now a 225 favorite as well. A lot of home cooking here, Jordan. You think the, the locals are going to be happy after this one? I think they will. I mean, Sterlenko, you know, came in with a lot of hype with the championships she won outside the UFC, but she's, what, one in three in her mm-hmm. four fights in the UFC. Hasn't looked great at all. I don't think she's going to cause any issues for Molly McCann, but I just can't back the meatball. I love her. She's great, but, like, we know her skill set. She's not She's not a, as big a favorite as she should be. So if I'm going to play this fight, I'm probably going to play against Molly McCann because <laughs> – I'm a jerk, and that's what I'm going to do. But stay away from this fight. Just stay away from it. Yeah, it feels like a stay away. And again, maybe a little bit uh, overpriced right now. Uh, very quickly, about 20 seconds, the unnamed MMA pod. Tell the people what they get. Yeah, we're going to break down even more fights this week. Uh, the ESPN Chicago app, that's what we do. We make some recommended plays, and it comes later in the week. So we're not previewing as early as we do here in First Strike. We love doing that. We're going to be later, uh, closer towards weigh-ins, and we'll give you our picks. Wood on ESPN 1000. Give them a follow, as I do on my new Twitter. Jordan, appreciate you as always, my friend. Enjoy the fights. We'll catch up again next week. When we come back, we're going to Washington, D.C. Read Coon next here on First Strike. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We roll on this edition of First Strike. Dave Ross here at Circus Sportsbook in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. We go out to the nation's capital to catch up with our guy, Reed Kuhn. Does a great job in ESPN Plus, MMA contributor, author of the book, Fightnomics. You can follow him on Twitter, as I do, at the same handle, at Fightnomics. Reed, great to have you back on, my friend. When we look at this card early on a Tuesday, I love how you've already got some leans where you find the, the data and you say, maybe there's some some juicy upsets possibility and some faves that are, are worth the backing, at least the price that we have associated today. Let's start off, start off here with Mark Diacase against Joel Alvarez. Alvarez right now, about a minus $1.90 betting favorite against Mark here. Do you think that the redheaded Mohawk one is a live dog? 
I, I think so. And you know that I like to look for coin flip type fights and then take the plus money. And this is one where I'm getting pretty clear plus money. And I think just stylistically, it's a weird mismatch uh, because Dad Kesey likes to be in control. In fact, if you look at the card, he's one of the highest in terms of total fight time in ground control. And so he is someone who likes to ride out around. He spends almost a quarter of all his fight time in that position. And Alvarez is a guy with 0% takedown defense and almost 0% ground control, which is really unusual other than the fact that he tends to win by submission. He's a submission specialist, so he's letting himself get taken down. So the question is, is do you believe that Diakisi can implement that safe wrestling, the top control, stay out of trouble, in which case he kind of wins the round by default, or will Alvarez catch something, let himself get taken down and, and get that Hail Mary. Uh, but this is one of those things where I think it could go either way. I think it's much more even on paper than the lines suggest. And that's why I'm going with some plus money. And I know maybe on a Tuesday, don't have all the data in here when you look at the totals, but to that logic, you see the over two and a half right now, pretty solid plus money at plus a dollar 45. So if Alvarez can't get that sub, do you think that maybe this is, has the potential to hit the cards and why that dog could be very live? Yeah, I think this is one of those situations where you have a correlated play. I think it's, you know, Daikisi getting top control, riding it out. He's he's probably the better striker, or at least more effective striker on the feet. Uh, and so maybe you take the over with him. If you think it's Alvarez with a quick sub, then you go the under, uh, because you also know that the likelihood of a submission goes down as the fight goes longer. People just get tired, they're sweaty. It just doesn't work as well. So uh, this is one of those situations where, depending on which side you end up on, and I wouldn't really argue with anybody, regardless of which side they pick, but you could make that correlated play on the total. Yeah, and that way you can uh, shorten those price tags. If you do like the favorite side here, and maybe get plus money to get that sub, uh, inside of two and a half rounds. Let's get to another lean that you have here on a Tuesday. Josh Culiabo is a small dog against Lerone Murphy. We know that Murphy right now is undefeated, uh, and sometimes maybe that's why you get those inflated price tags here. What are you seeing on this fight when you look at the numbers? Yeah, I was a little surprised by this. I mean, both guys have looked pretty good, and their numbers match up very similar. So uh, I think this is another situation where I'm probably just finding a value play on the price. Um, with Kilabo, you know, he's plus money. I see it as close to a coin flip, although I, I give him maybe a slight edge, uh, just probabilistically. Um, but this is one of those fights. I mean, it's leading off the main card. I think both guys have some nice wins on their record. And so I'm, I'm pretty interested to see who emerges from this fight as someone that we should pay attention to. You know, there's a lot of fights on this card where you do have to look at recent injuries before you really handicap. And I know that you've got the numbers on, say, Penny Kianzad here against Ketlin Vieira. So Kianzad back in the octagon. Is this one of those type of fights because of that reason that could be a stay away type fight? That's tough. Uh, Kianzad really like her. Uh, she came on, you know, I, I'm friends with her manager. I paid attention to her coming up and she's done quite well. And her striking statistics are really good. She's very accurate. She stays busy. Um, she doesn't show the power and she's actually been dropped a few times. But then again, Ketlin Vieira also hasn't really shown power. It's the grappling that falls strongly on the side of Vieira. So I agree that she is the favorite and should be the favorite. This is one where I'm going to have to watch where the price goes um, to, to see if I'm going to go one way or the other. But right now I'm kind of agreeing with the market price. The co-main event also, it feels like the meatball, we understand Molly McCann. She's going to be an overwhelming fan favorite. That's for sure. This line has ballooned to north of $2. She's now 225 
against Dolyarenko, who's been, I don't, you know, you never want to be that disparaging of UFC fighters, but I think she's been underwhelming so far in her time inside the octagon. Do the numbers bear out that McCann should be this big a fave? Well, they bear out that this is definitely a stylistic mismatch. I mean, you've got Molly McCann, who loves to strike. She loves to stand and trade. Very tough. Uh, She's had some highlight reel finishes in front of the home crowd. So I'm sure that's what they're hoping for by putting her in the co-main event. Uh, And so maybe this was picked to benefit her. And sometimes you got to look to think about the matchmaking, thinking about this home um, what is basically a home game for her over in England. But Solyarenko is very clearly a submission specialist. And so she wants to grapple. And Molly McCann, the, the few times where she has not really shown up as well is when she was facing a strong grappler. So stylistically, you wonder, like, why did they pick this matchup for her? Uh, unless it was to really test her to see if she's worthy of advancing in that division. So um, if anything... I might be going with the upset play just because a really good submission ace against someone who's struggled on the mat does, you know, I think the models kind of like that. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm always looking for a grappler who has an underdog's chance. And so I might end up there. I don't think it's going to be a very strong play, uh, but I I might lean Stolyarenko on this. Plus 325 for Stolyarenko via sub. So I'm picking up what you're putting down there. I I do want to get to another home matchup, if you will. You got... Andre Touchy-Feely, I've talked to Andre through the years. Uh, a very interesting fighter, to say the least. He's a sizable dog. You're about plus $1.65 against Nathaniel Wood. He's been very impressive so far in his uh, UFC career. What are the numbers showing you? Should Wood be a $2 betting favorite? So this is fight to keep an eye on. Uh, possible fight of the night contender, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, Andre Feely, also, I've you know been following that guy since... Early on when he was the next, next guy from (laughs) Alpha Male, he was kind of the taller guy from Alpha Male that stuck out. Uh, But he does have some really crisp stand-up when he uses his range effectively, and he usually has a range advantage when he's striking. But he also likes to pour on the pace, and he's a little sloppy on the defense. He gets hit. And so when you combine that with Nathaniel Wood, who is more accurate, just as busy, if not busier, and has tighter defense, I think Nathaniel Wood, even though he's outranged, is going gonna, is gonna to be connecting more often. And at this point in Andre Feely's career, he has taken some damage over the years. So um, he is definitely susceptible. He's just very willing to get into a barn fight. So that's why I kind of like Nathaniel Wood here. And then when you look at the ground metrics, Nathaniel Wood also has superior ground metrics. So that's kind of a nice to have on top. Uh, but overall, I'm leaning Wood here. I know he's the favorite. Uh, but, you know, going away game against Nathaniel Wood in a potential barn burner, I like the favorite here. I'm going to stick with him. Yeah, it's interesting that you see the KO prop for both guys here is both five to one. So we are expecting some hands to be thrown in that one. Do not expect to see Paul Craig throw hands. We know what he likes to do, try to get the fight down to the ground, uh, moving down in weight against Andre Muniz here. What do you make of Andre now over a $2 betting favorite? And I just wonder, is that because Craig looks, dare we say, uh, not very good the last time out we saw him at 205? This way, this is a potential trap. I, I'm not mm. sure. When I ran the numbers, I was thinking, okay, Muniz is the justifiable favorite. And then I looked at the performance numbers, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, these guys – these guys are both very eager and willing grapplers. Uh, so Paul Craig obviously almost lets himself get taken down. He, <laughs> he wants to be on the ground. He wants to do the submissions, and he's paid the price when he can't. But Andre Muniz might be a willing partner to go to the floor, and his stand-up is not all that great. 
So did they, again, did they matchmakers really pick someone who was well suited to Craig, knowing that he wants to be on the ground, he needs to find someone who's willing to go there. And that's what you might have in Andre Munez. So um, this is one where like the numbers are showing up that Munez is, is the favorite and probably should be because of all the fighters on this card, he has spent the most amount of time controlling people on the mat. So you think about that strong wrestling number, it's really in his favor, but here's Paul Craig. You know, he's one of those guys. You do not want to be on the mat with him. So this is a bit of a head scratcher. I might avoid this one. I want to see where the prices go. I, I might not believe that Munich should be as big a favorite as he is. I've been a Paul Craig backer for a long time. Mm -hmm. If you're going to play him, you're playing him inside the distance for sure. So that gives you that extra boost on the underdog price. Okay, about 45 seconds to go. Got to get your thoughts on the main event here with Tom Aspinall. I haven't seen him in a year since that gruesome injury uh, against uh, Curtis Blades. What do you make of him here now, a $5 betting favorite against Marcin Tybura? Well, I was one of those few people that was actually betting against him against Curtis, <laughs> but that's not how I wanted to win that bet, seeing right. that knee injury. Uh, but the bottom line is when you look at the stats, they are way heavily skewed towards Aspinall. He looks phenomenal on paper in striking and grappling, but that's because he only has 15 minutes of cage time. So this is a guy that I'm not sure what to believe yet, but the models, you got to, they only do what you feed them. And we're feeding him strong, strong numbers for Aspinall and it's coming out strongly in his favor. Uh, but also you got to expect it's not going the distance one way or the other. So if you're going to play Aspinall, you're putting him in a parlay, but you're also taking inside the distance. All six check marks on your Uber tail of the tape, all for Aspinall. Reed, appreciate you as always, my friend, doing a great job each and every week. Give him a follow at Fightnomics. Thanks to Lou, Dan, Jordan, and Reed, and of course, Robin Rain on Britain has behind the glass. We'll see you next week right back here. First Strike on Visa in the Sports Betting Network. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.